0: I want to spend just a couple moments and like really pray, like really pray, like really connect with Almighty God, because uh, it, it's kind of like, you know, those of you who have children, how sometimes you'll tell your kids something and they'll nod their head and go, no, I get it, Dad. And you're looking in their face and you go, they don't get it, right? <laughs> They're not going to do it. They, but you can't convince them they don't get it at that time. and. And I feel like that could very easily happen right now where there's some passages of scripture I'm going to take you to that you go, oh, no, no, I know that, I know that. I don't don't know if you really know that. Um, I don't know if I know this. And it's only by the grace of God. You know how two people can hear the same message and the grace of God will fall on one person to where you change your entire life because of a passage. And others, you'll walk away getting it but, and, and you'll think you get it, but you really don't. And it's not gonna change your life at all. You'll rush to the parking lot, go out to lunch and, and things will just continue. But I wanna pray that the grace of God would fall on this place. And to all those that are watching, because I've had those moments where all I did was read a passage of scripture, hear a passage of scripture, and literally it changed everything. And that's not because I'm more spiritual or anything else, it's just the grace of God fell upon me. And I just wanna pray that right now. So let's, let's come into his presence. Holy Spirit, even now help us to understand what it means to come into the presence of Almighty God. Help us to understand what an honor it is right now to speak to him Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. You're the great I am. You are the giver of life. God, you literally determine whether or not we live through this message. Everything is in your hands. You're a good God, it's by your grace that we're here. It's by your grace that we see your greatness. And God, I'm just begging, Lord, for your grace upon us right now that we read your words. God, and that we would truly take them as your words and trust your promises. Oh, Lord, please have mercy on us, all of us. In your own special way as Father God, Lord, speak to each of us as we need it right now. Encourage us, discipline us. You are our Father. I pray right now that I don't do anything in the flesh, but that this would be your spirit speaking through me to bring you glory, you alone. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. And I grew up um, not far from here. Spent most of my early years here, and. God's been so good to me. I, I, I can't, like with one final message, try to describe how good my life has been, how much God has taken me through. I was born in San Francisco when my mother died while she was giving birth to me. Um, later on, my dad remarried and, um, but then my stepmother, uh, when I was about seven or eight, went off the Antioch Bridge and died in a car accident. And then uh, dad remarried. And then when I was around 12 in seventh grade, my dad died of cancer. We are living in Stockton. And it was during that time that I really began to seek God, you know, burying your parents. There's something that's pretty uh, terrifying as a kid to watch and and it it makes you think about life differently. And during those years, God was so good to me. Um, Gave me a church family and people who loved me. And I I just, I I marvel, I go, why? Why were you so good to me? Why have you been so good to me now married? 52 years old, have seven kids, two grandkids. And last year, last year we celebrate our 25 year anniversary and my wife at dinner looks at me at dinner and she says, honey, do you, can you think of anyone on the earth that is as blessed as we are? She goes, I think about it and I think, God, I know there has to be someone on the earth that is as happy as we are, but she goes, I just, I've never met them. I don't know anyone who has been this blessed. Do you? First of all, that's a great question to be asked on your 25 year anniversary from your wife, right? (laughs) Praise God, but as she asked me that, I, I said, no, I, I feel the same way. It's like, I know like God doesn't, I don't think he gives like preferential treatment or something, but, but our lives have been ridiculous. It's like outrageous the way he answers prayer so specifically and takes us beyond like anything we ever even prayed for. Like it's beyond what we could ask or imagine. Like why, well, I, I feel like we're the happiest people that we know. And and that was last year, and this this last year has been even better than the other twenty five. Like God's taken us to this other level where you just keep going. We're we're in tears often, going, God, are you are you kidding me? Are you serious right now? Is this really happening to us? I, I mean, six months ago, and then six months ago, we were in. Uh, Burma or Myanmar and and we're in these slums and and it was just my family and I, uh, my wife and I and our four younger kids and we're going from hut to hut uh, in, in one of the most disgusting, you know, physically places that we've been to. And we have a translator with us and we're talking to people who have never heard a single word from this book. And through a translator, I'm, I'm looking these people in the eyes and they're thrilled to have us in their hut. Many of them have never seen a foreigner, you know? And, and, and as we're explaining, as I'm explaining to them, no, someone made you. I mean, to look into a human being's eyes and go, you weren't an accident. You weren't just this random thing. I I don't know where you think you came from, but there is this being who had a plan and he made you specifically. And he made you to have a relationship with him, to know him and to look them in the eyes and go, I know him. Like I speak to him and he answers me and these things happen and to tell them that this God is our judge that we stand before one day. But this judge is full of mercy, is rich in mercy, and he actually loves us. And and I've come to tell you the most amazing news ever is that, that God would have his only son come down and take the form of a man to show the world how much he loved his creation and to have him pay the price for their sin on the cross so that we could take his right standing with God and how he rose from the dead and and, and how I no longer have to fear death or anything that comes my way and how he literally put his spirit in me and now I am one with him and I'm a member of his body and I'm sharing this message with people who've never heard a single sentence of this and they're just looking at me in the eyes and they're just hungry for it. And from the reports of people that followed up later, they're going, oh no, they were anxious to get baptized. They're, they're following him, walking with him, they're hungry. And, and, and I just remember when we got back on the plane after spending some time out there and coming back to the US, I, just, I looked at my wife, I go, what do we do? Like, what are we gonna do tomorrow? What are we gonna do next week? What do we do on a normal day? that even compares to this. I go, man, every time my testimony or, or those words came out of my mouth, I just felt so happy, like this is what I'm made for. I go, what, 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 what better thing could we do with our lives? And I just said to her, I go, what if we move? And she just said, let's do it. And so Thursday we're we're taking the family and what's been amazing is that my older married kids, my two son-in-laws have fasted and prayed and said, we're going to Asia with you. And I'm like, what? Again, my wife, we're just, we're going, God, this is impossible. This this doesn't happen. I've never heard of anything like this. This is too good, too good. A few weeks ago, my wife and I, we were back in, in Burma and we're in a different area and, and, and speaking at an outreach, like bigger than this. I mean, it's just thousands of people and to see what God was doing. And I, and I went home that night and I go, I want to do this every day, every day. Why can't I do this every day? But then the next night we went to a village. We just went into this village. This was even better. There was not a single Christian in this village. From best we understand, they've never heard one word of the gospel. But this woman we befriended, she, she had built relationship with the village elder and, and, and they allowed us in and said that, you know, that we could share our story with them. And to have a whole village, you know, in one place who've never heard. And for me to just, as the words were coming out of my mouth, I can't tell you how happy I was. I can't tell you how you just go, This is why I'm alive. This is the whole point of my existence. This is why I'm here, to share this message. And and my translator told me afterwards, he goes, he goes, when we started driving into that village, he goes, my heart was pounding. He goes, because I came here years ago and they chased me out, throwing rocks at me, coming at me with knives. And he tells me after, you know, (laughs) and, but, you know, he goes, just understand. It was, he goes, some of the things you said scared me. But we translated word for word, going, what are they gonna do? And these people were believing. And after the message, we said, Hey, is anyone sick? Does anyone need to be healed? And and let me just say, let me preface this this is very new to me. Most of my Christian life, I did not believe in supernatural healing. I was taught it doesn't happen anymore. But the more I studied this book, the more I'm going, that doesn't make sense. It looks like it continues. I don't see why it stops. It seems like as we reach out in faith that God still wants to display his power, so while I'm there, I'm praying. But And I've believed this for a few years now, but every time I pray, nothing would happen but that night in that village I'm going God these people have believed one thing their whole lives and there's some really elderly people sitting at my feet how am I supposed to convince them that this message that contradicts everything they've ever believed is true God you have to do something there's little children here I have no power I'm speaking through a translator you need to do something please visit show them one night of power like nothing they've ever seen in their lives begging God for this and believing believing scriptures scriptures that I memorized as a high school student came alive in me where I believe that Christ and I are one and I was walking around that village and going this is no different than if Jesus walked through this village because he says I can do whatever he did and I can do greater things than he did John 14, 12, and I, I memorized that as a high school student. And I believe it right now. I am Jesus right now. He and I are one. He abides in me, I abide in him. These are not just memory verses. And there was a faith in that God granted to me. And as people came forward, I still remember the first old lady came over, hunched over, just an elderly lady, telling me through the translator, her back is in tremendous pain, and laying hands on her and saying, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And this woman going, what is this fire I feel on my back? What is this burning? And she's going, all the pain is gone. And that's the power of God. Next person, come on up here, one at a time. Everyone, you guys, this is not normal to me. This is the first time in my life, 52 years, I've never experienced this. Everyone I touched got healed. It was a crazy thing. I've always wanted to see this. I've even gone to other places where I thought I would see it, I never saw it. You guys, so this is not, some guys oh yeah, then this happened in the year. You know. This was freaking me, the, the night before. Okay, the night before, there was, a, there was a little girl, probably about 10 years old, and her little brother, probably around seven, deaf and mute since the day they were born. We laid hands on that little girl. She starts crying and smiling as she's hearing for the first time and then praying for her little brother. And man, and I'm, I'm a skeptic, so I'm asking, okay, you sure? You sure? No, they were deaf, 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 <laughs> deaf right? No, because I don't know, I don't, I want to believe and I don't want this to be an emotional thing, you know? And then it's like, them. we even sent a team to them the next day, go find out if they are, st- if this is really, <laughs> seriously. And I want to know they really hear and to see it happen, understand this freaked me out. It shouldn't sure have, but it did just because I'd never seen it. It's like I had faith, like it's there. It's just when you don't see it and I saw it and I, and, and I got to partake in it that night and be a part of what I believe is supposed to happen. And that night, I'm telling my wife, can I get a water from someone? I, uh, I just thought I wanna do this every day of my life. This is so real, so crazy good. And, oh yeah, it's not open right. Okay. Mm. Oh, good, good, thank you. Um, You know, the peace I felt sharing the gospel to people who've never heard, I want every one of you to feel that and we get caught up in stuff out here. We just do. As many talks as my wife and I have had where my wife even just said, honey, we get talked out of things. You know, like nice church people talk us out of convictions that we know are in scripture and somehow convince us to play it safe. Even though we know contradicts, can we just not let people talk us out of our convictions anymore? Because we do, we get caught up and you start believing that no, it's my Christian duty to pretty, you know, have a nice Christian home and keep my kids safe and, you know, give them a good Christian education and just, I don't know, we we end up justifying the things we want to do and we, we somehow can block out those, those moments of, of prompting and conviction and, and feel justified in doing it, and it just happens, and there's so much of me that just, yeah, I, I mean, I don't wanna stand up here and go, oh yeah, here we go, we're heading in there, and, and I'm fearless, I'm terrified. I was packing up my stuff yesterday. I put all the things that I need in one suitcase, all my clothes, and I'm just looking at my kids, looking at the house, throwing things away, thinking about, man, God, are we doing this again? Where we're just going, it's not easy. Everything in my flesh is things are so good right now. Why are we leaving again? Why are we going on this? The older you get, the more you feel like you have something you should hold on to or protect. And it's like, no. Jesus said, Jesus said, now do I believe this? In Matthew 16, 24, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? These are the words of Christ. He goes, if anyone wants to follow me, he has to deny himself. And he has to take up his cross, meaning you suffer and die in any way I call you to. And you follow me. And he says, if anyone tries to save, savor, protect his life here on earth, he goes, I promise, this is a promise from God, I promise you, you will lose your life. And he goes, and I promise you If you lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. My wife and I talk about the blessing in our life. The blessings that God has given us over these years was not because we always made the safe, good decision that worked in our favor. It was those times where we stepped out in faith and thought, oh, this is scary. That we go, oh my gosh, I'm so glad we did this. Like this life came, it followed faith. And that's not to say that, oh, look at Francis, he always lives by faith. There's so many times I've chickened out. My life is riddled with mistakes and failure. If you wanna find dirt on me, you'll find dirt on me. If you wanna see me say something wrong, you can find it and write an article about I've said things that are wrong, whatever. But the grace of God's been on my life. And those few times when I get it right and I hear the voice of God and I'm scared to death, but it gives me courage by His grace to do something I don't feel like doing. Those have been the most amazing blessings in my life. And so in these verses you go, man, do I believe that if I try to save, I will lose, it's a promise. And do I believe that if I lose it, not just for any silly reason, but for his sake, that we'll find life? I've gotta believe this promise. There's something about this peace I want you to have, and so much of it is being on his mission because you know every day, you know, like this week, you, kinda, you just live life, and you don't feel like you're really on his mission. You're not really thinking, you look at what you say you believe in eternity, and then you look at how you live your daily life, and you're going, it doesn't match up. But when you're telling, there's something about telling people who haven't heard. There's something about that great commission and telling people, making disciples of people who've never heard of Jesus. I, I, I can't, it's just very different. It's very different than what I'm doing here. I, I tell people, it's kind of like, you know, in San Francisco, because I, I live out there. <coughs> everyone's a foodie, you know? Like, everyone's like tearing apart who has the best, you know, enchilada, who has the best Chinese food, who has the best, you know, and then and, and everyone just is kind of snobby with their food. And, and I kind of got into that too. I didn't argue with my wife, like how could you call Panda Express Chinese food? Like that's just, that doesn't make any sense. Like that's not real, you know? And so we'll have these talks and this and that. But about a year ago, I, uh, I was in Africa I go often, and, but this time there was just a sea of people in this camp, thousands of people and that, that are just no home, nothing to eat. And I hear this scream, like this screech, like right when I drove up and you see this woman just yelling, like it's terrifying when you hear a scream. like I've never heard a scream like this. And as I walk over to see, I see her son laying there lifeless on the ground. But he's like a skeleton where you're going, how could he have even survived this long? That, That does not look like it could ever walk. That doesn't, how, it's like, it's just skin and bone. And she is going nuts. And you just think, man, what if I got here yesterday? Or what if I had figured out a way or worked harder just to get food to him? And then you're seeing the sea of people and we're we're trying to calculate how much it would cost to feed each person and you know, okay, 12 cents, well, okay, but there's this many thousands. How many can we keep alive for how many days? And you start calculating, thinking of these things. It's hard to go back to San Francisco and be a foodie when you realize, no, people just want some food. And I guess that's what I feel. What happens in the church is we can become these spiritual foodies where we listen to another sermon and go, yeah, I think I like the one from three weeks ago. I think I like the one I listened to on Thursday. No, 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 it was Tuesday on this podcast. We can have sermons going, 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 and we can sit and bash each other and go, this guy's better than this guy. Oh, this guy's off, don't listen. Meanwhile, there's people that don't even know they have a creator. So it was very hard for me to be here and just, oh, let me give another sermon and be a little bit more creative so I can be better than that last one or this guy or different in this way to people who can hear sermons all day long when I go, they've never even heard the name? The name, Jesus. Jesus. They don't even know any one of you would be a theologian in some of these places. And yet we'll sit here and critique, criticize, it's just hard once you see it to go, let me just keep cooking some special food for the next crowd. Um, There's a verse that I, because again, I'm telling you it's by the grace of God that I have courage. And my wife and I are planning on going to some sketchy places and, and you just go, what? What do we believe? Do we believe this? Do we believe he's worth it? And there's a verse again, like I say, I probably said, oh, I get it, I get it. I didn't get it. Because now I'm wrestling going, do I really believe this? In Acts 20, verse 24, Paul says, I do not count my life of any value nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Paul says, in all truth, I don't consider my life of any value. You see me living, breathing my life, my wife, my kids, my platform, everything else, no value, zero, not of any value, it's not precious to me. The only thing that's precious to me is I've been given a mission to get this message of the gospel of grace and so for me to live is to preach that message. And I would much rather die because I don't count my life on this earth of any value. So to look at this verse and go, God, do I believe this? Because other people seem to value my life. And they go, no, 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 we've got to keep you alive. No, your messages, they're important, they're this, they're that. No, we could have said that about the apostle Paul. Oh, we should have kept him alive another 30 years. But no, he goes, I don't count my life of any value. All I'm here to do is speak this message. And it's so easy to begin to value your life. and a verse like this, it just seems to make no sense. Because in the church, in America, we are obsessed with staying alive. And it's just very normal to us. Be careful, be careful, stay alive. Because I value your life and you should too. And we can hear all the message. My wife and I, it's like, Oh, but your kids, they need you. They need you to stay up. Your kid, no, my kids don't need me to stay up. They don't need a dad to stay alive till they're through high school. They need a dad who's willing to die for the gospel. And if something like that were to happen, you know, I tell, man, it's the grace of God in my life because I'm scared of that. But maybe God will give me courage at that moment. Okay. When I talk about God's blessing, It's not just, oh, he has this nice little family, they're going to, no, his blessing is the courage he gives us. And if, if it were to, I don't want you to, to go, oh, he went over there and you know got this virus or whatever or, or got imprisoned or whatever and God failed him. No, that's actually the grace of God that gave me the courage. And if he gives me courage to die in his name, then forever I'm one of those. This scares me in the flesh. But if I get there, it's by the grace of God that he would give me this type of courage and I just say that because this is the safety in the Christian life that for me to live is Christ and to die is gain and everything's gonna be fine. Everything is fine in the end and the battle now is trying not to save my life when it's comfortable and it's good but trusting his word, not counting my life of any value but believing that to lose your life, that's when you find it. Oh God, I pray that this message, Lord, by your grace, by your grace, we need your grace, Lord, to believe this, not just say we believe it, but have lives that prove that we believe it. Oh God, please, Father, bless us with a deep, belief in the words of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen.